Have you ever read a scripture passage? You know, one of those passages that you learned when you were a child. One of those passages maybe you learned in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. And it's something you've read more times than you can remember. And you think, well, I've just, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I've got it. And then you come and you read it again and something jumps out at you that you'd never noticed before. Has that ever happened to you? That's the amazing thing about the Bible, isn't it? You can read the Bible once, twice, 50 times and somehow it speaks to us because it is the living word of God. And when I was reading this passage at first, I I felt led to it, but then I thought, oh, I'm sure they've all heard it before. I've heard it before. You could tell it what it's about. But then I saw that last phrase of the text where Jesus says, Mary has chosen the greater part and it will not be taken away from her. And as I read it, I thought about all the things in your life, in my life, that are taken away. Maybe you've been there, that that something you thought was really important, something that you made at the very center of your life, and then one day it was taken away. Maybe it was your job, and maybe you were at a, at a business for a long time, a company, and you gave your life to that business. You worked overtime. You interrupted family vacations to work. And then one day, maybe in your 50s or even your 40s, your boss came to you or your board came to you and said, we're going in a different direction. And we don't have need for you anymore. And in that moment, that thing that was so important to you, that thing that was central to your identity, was taken away. Maybe for some of you, it it was a hobby that now due to health, you're no longer able to do. That, That that hobby was part of who you were. It was the center thing in your life, and now it has been taken away. Maybe it was a loved one, a parent or a spouse or maybe even a child that in a moment was taken away and you wondered how you could ever go on, that, 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 that you could never be the same, you could never be happy, you could never be joyful again. It was taken away. I could think of so many things and you could give me lists of things this morning from your own life, of things that have been taken away. And Jesus says here about Mary, what she has chosen will never be taken away. So what is it? What is it that Mary knew? Let's think about this story This story, we call it the story of Martha and Mary. And many of you know this, right? You know this story. Uh, Martha, right, the type A, busy B worker, right? And Mary, the type B minus, uh, you know, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, sometimes we simplify it and we say, oh, Jesus says Martha is bad and Mary is 
good. But pay attention, that's not exactly it. From the beginning, what we find is Jesus is traveling. Uh, Jesus is traveling. He is coming toward Jerusalem. He is coming to that moment where he faces betrayal, beating, crucifixion, death, and burial. And on the way, he enters a certain village, and it says there was a woman named Martha who received him. Who didn't just receive him, but received him as an honored guest. That's what happened in that society in the ancient world. If you had a visitor, if you, even if they were a stranger and they came to your town, you spared no expense and no effort to welcome them into your home. You got out, the, you polished the silver, you, you took the little chamois cloth to the crystal to make sure there were no water spots on it. You know what I mean? And, and, and you did all this, even if they were a stranger. You worked yourself to the bone. And that was good hospitality. That was being a, a good person was to do that. And so Jesus' hearers and, and the readers of the Gospel of Luke would be expected to approve of what Martha's done, and indeed it was a good thing. Even there where Jesus says that her many tasks had distracted her. That word for task is very interesting, is the same word that the Bible uses for service. You know, like we're in the Bible, Jesus says, I have come not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. You know, those parts of the Bible where we are called to serve and one another, it's the same word. Mary, Martha was serving. And so you say, well, if Martha is doing what is good and what is right and things that you and I have always been led to believe are part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then what's the problem? Why is Jesus say that Mary has chosen the greater part? well, I wonder if it's all a question of priorities. I wonder if it's a question of what is number one in your life. What is the number one most important thing to you? Think about it for a moment. Well, what is that thing that is central to your identity, central to who you are? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your position in the community. Maybe it's your hobby, and you're really good at it. In fact, you might be one of the, one of the best in the community or in the state or in the country. We've got a lot of talented people in this church, and, and that's your identity. But here's the problem. Here's what Jesus is telling us. Is he saying that if we put our central focus, if the number one thing in your life and my life is anything other than our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a problem. 
we face the reality that someday that thing at the very center of us could be taken away. You and I live in a world that is fallen. You and I live in a world that is not what we want it to be. And friends, what happens then is when we get our eye off the ball and we focus on something that is not Jesus Christ at the center of our life, do you know what happens? We become distracted and anxious. I don't know, as anyone in this room, you've ever experienced being distracted or anxious. Oh, yeah. Um, this week, I don't know, a lot of our office staff is, I'll tell you, this week, I have been a little distracted and anxious about this sermon. Can I say that? This morning, I've been a little distracted and anxious. Is it going to be good enough? You know, I have never preached in this church before. I, I preached a lot, but in a very small church, and oh gosh, I mean... I get nervous and distracted. I mean, our, poor, our wonderful staff, we have a wonderful staff here. You all know this. I thought by Thursday they were like, go home, take a nap, relax, it'll be okay. And you know what, in the midst of that, is I realized, even as I, this is so important, even as I was preparing this message, I realized that I had that problem too. And then God gave me the message yesterday. It couldn't have been Monday, it had to be yesterday. Neither here nor there, it would have saved me some. God gave me that message, and here's what the message was. What I really want is not your work. What I really want is you. Can you believe that? We've lived conditioned to believe what Jesus really wants for us is us to do things for him. But friends, what I want to tell you is the number one thing that Jesus wants from you and me is us. He doesn't want so much what we can do, but that who we are. To give ourselves and our lives wholly in relationship to Him. Do you want to know how I know this? I know this because of who Jesus is. You see, with Jesus, what we did not get from God, are you ready for this? We did not get from God another way for us to reach up to God by doing good things. We didn't get that from God. What we got from God is not us going up, but in Jesus Christ what we saw was God coming down. What we saw was that, that when we were struggling, when we were troubled, when we were anxious and distracted, what God did was he didn't say, here's something to make you, here's a, another thing you can try. What he did is he sent us a baby. He sent us Jesus, who was God in the flesh, to the Bethlehem manger, and there in the manger we saw a person. I never understood it as a child, and I'm not getting much better at it, but somehow that Jesus was 100% God and 100% human. 
And you know why it mattered? Was because only another human can build a relationship with you. And only someone who's really God, fully God can make a relationship with God. And so what happened was Jesus came, and that was Jesus' whole ministry. You read all four Gospels, it's Jesus, what? He's talking to people, he's eating with people, he's sharing with people. He's doing all these things that are the things of relationship. Jesus didn't say, well, here, here's five things you need to do and go do them. What he said is, come abide in me. Be in relationship with me. Now I want to tell you that Jesus is not opposed to action. Now if you're like me, sometimes during the service, you flip it, you're like, well, it's getting a little dry right now. Let me flip around and look in the Bible or something. Maybe there's interesting things. But maybe you were, well, well maybe just a minute ago, you were reading the Bible during our, our text, and you noticed the story before this in the Bible. Does anyone remember what it was? You don't have to say. You don't have to betray that. But it's the story of the Good Samaritan, right? And how do we know about the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan is the one who shows love. Why? Because he showed mercy. He did something. And so, we have a, we have, so Jesus says, yes, serve others. But Jesus calls us in this story that what matters is that we serve one another out of the relationship we have. We do not try to work our way into the relationship. We work out of the relationship. That's the most important good news I've heard in a long time. That what God wants is not us to try harder, but to be in relationship with him. And that makes all the difference, friends. It will change because no matter what happens in your life, no matter the struggles and the setbacks that you face, Jesus promises if he's at the center, if our relationship with Christ defines who we are, Jesus will bring us through the struggles of our life. Jesus will bring us through. Now I want to tell you, you could, you all, I bet half of you in here could get up right now and you could tell us stories about how Jesus has brought you through struggles in your life. And we could be here till four or five this afternoon just hearing stories. That'd be so powerful. And, and you can think of maybe after the service you could share with people around you these stories. And that's not to say that Jesus promises us that it will be easy. That, that if we follow him, everything will be fine. But what he says is, if you put me at the center, if you choose the greater part, you will be anchored in something permanent, something that cannot be taken away. And that will strengthen you through the trials of life. Let me tell you a little story about myself. Some of you know that before I was in ordained ministry, I worked for uh, a large insurance company in Louisville. And uh, I was just out of college. I was 21 years old when I got the job, which may or may not reflect the judgment of the people who hired me. I was 21. It was my first professional job. I was very excited. And maybe some of you, you're either on your way to that or you've been there and you really want to do well. 
And so you're just consumed with, with doing the job as best you can. And so for that first year, I worked as much as I could. I tried to learn as much as I could. I tried to, you know, do all the stuff that they wanted me to do and try to do more than that. And I tried to push hard. I tried to, you know, to, you know, to maybe I could get raises. I could get promotions. You know, I could rise up in the world. I mean, I was driven by my work. And I want to tell you something. I haven't told too many people. But that I was becoming one of those people for whom, you know, I went to church on Sunday, gave God an hour in the morning, maybe two if I was particularly holy that week, went to Sunday school and church, but the other five or six days a week, I did what I wanted to do. I led life kind of my way. I I lived for my work and, and for what I did, but you know what happened? Is that I became very anxious and distracted. And in my work... I, I was pushing so hard that it was annoying all my coworkers. That it was you. Have you worked with one of those kind of people before? Uh, that that it was all about me and it was about my advancement. And I thought, and it got to the point after the first year was done, that either I was going to have a nervous breakdown or someone else was going to have a nervous breakdown if I wasn't fired first. And it just came to a moment where I realized this just couldn't continue. And it was Ash Wednesday, I remember, and I was sitting in the pews at St. Paul United Methodist Church in Louisville, a great church. And I remember sitting in the pews there, and we were reading the text, and for some reason I skipped to another part of the text in Matthew chapter 6. And if you remember there in the latter part of Matthew 6, Jesus tells the people, now do not worry about what you will eat, what you will wear, where you will live, and how much money you will have. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've done it. But he says this, he says, no, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And do you remember the rest of it? He says, and all these things will be added to you. That all those things you were trying so hard to get on your own, to push for, to strive for, Sean, those things will be given to you if you will first center your life in me. And friends, I want to tell you, that night changed my life. My boss told me six months later he had never seen an employee turn around so much so quickly. Because there it was about recentering my life in Christ. Not by just coming to church or doing things, but by really having him be the center, not just of my religious or spiritual life, but of every part of my life. And by putting Jesus at the center, by putting Jesus at the center, I was able to open my heart to be called into ordained ministry. That decision is what led to me being here today. And I'm still struggling with it. And maybe you are too. But this morning I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. No matter where you are. No matter younger or older. No matter if you've been through a lot of trials or you haven't. This morning I want to tell you Jesus wants to be number one in your life. Jesus wants to be the very center of your life. So that everything else in your life flows out of that love and that relationship we have with God through Jesus. And friends, if we do that, 
If we come to him and we put that at the center of our life, then that thing that is at our very center, that thing will never be taken away. Let us pray.